Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, that Jesus, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And as we talked last week, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And we're going to talk today, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek is not a word we use a lot nowadays. It's not a common word we use to, uh, it's in our vocabulary, it's, it's a word that is maybe perhaps something we would use to describe somebody's characteristic and attribute in their life, but we're going to discover today that meekness is not really a character attribute as it is a way of the kingdom. It's a, it's a lifestyle of the kingdom of God. And so I want to just define meekness a little bit this morning. Because we talked about the first week, we talked about blessed are the poor in spirit. And poor in spirit is often that kind of attitude of humility as we discovered. Um, But we're going to look at meekness as a little bit more than that. A little bit, it's a little bit, it's comparative for sure, but it's something a little bit deeper than that. And meekness is this, it's being humbly patient or docile, it's especially under when you're being provoked by others, uh, submissive or cl- compliant, tame. And in the Greek, it, it's, it really, literally means being gentle, mild, kind, forgiving, humane. And it's often used when, when you see <coughs> the Bible wrote in the New Testament, it's often interchanged with those words, frequently meekness. And so, I began to look a little bit and I discovered this definition of meekness that I loved from a great writer. His name is Warren Wiersbe. And he said this. He says that meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. But that's often how our world perceives meekness. Somebody who's gentle, somebody who's mild or kind or forgiving. It's kind of an attitude that's perceived as somebody who's being weak. It's somebody who uh, maybe is not taking leadership or control, but Jesus is showing us a different way, that meekness is not weakness, and Warren adds that meekness is not weakness, it's power under control. Paul said it to Timothy this way, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or self-control. It's that ability to be able to have yourself in check. The ability to be able to refrain. The ability to be able to say, I'm not going to retaliate because of the Spirit who is keeping me. Meekness is upside down. It's an upside down principle, right? Our world teaches us that you should retaliate. That you should hold that grudge. That you should uh, harbor unforgiveness in your heart. But Jesus teaches that there is a better way, and as a matter of fact, he doesn't necessarily only say it's a better way. He says you will be blessed because of it. And I want to live a blessed life, and that's what we're working towards today, is to be blessed. And the better way is called meekness. 
As we talked last week, each beatitude is beginning to build off of each other. Think of it like stairs. You take the first step. That's poor in spirit. You can't, be, you can't mourn if you're not first poor in spirit. And now you're going to see today that you can't be meek if you're not both poor in spirit and, and able to have the heart that is mourning. It's, it's building off of each other. We, it's this attitude that we're learning to grow. It's our faith being developed. But meekness is the one... That if we're all honest today, this is the one that gets us. This is the one that's difficult for us. Because if, if you really think about it, and you're going to see today, that meekness is a characteristic that is really most foreign to us as humans. It's not natural for us, right? When, when somebody, when, when kids are on the playground, the kind of thought is, if they hit me, I'm going to hit them back. It's that kind of idea that we must, we must get equal, we must retaliate. But meekness is a different way of life. It's a different mindset. It requires restraint. It requires us sometimes to not say what we think we should say. It requires us sometimes to be gentle and not rowdy. It's this different idea. It sometimes requires us that even when we are right, even when we know we are right, that we don't go in and we use it to abuse another person or just to get our point across. It's that meekness and gentleness. And so today we're going to look at the story of a particular individual in the life of King David who is going to kind of show us, the, not him so much, but David, is going to show us and teach us about meekness a little bit. And you can read these stories in depth in 2 Samuel chapter 16. And you can see this story in more in detail, but I'm going to summarize it for you a little bit. Uh, if you read any, if you know anything about the life of David, David had a lot of enemies. <laughs> he just, it was the nature of who he was. He had a lot of people that he came up against in his life. And, of course, it started all with King Saul, but Saul died, as we talked a few weeks ago. And David eventually was able to get to the throne. But David didn't last long there. There came problems. There Not only was there problems, but he fell. He, he committed adultery. He committed a sin. And God lo- uh, showed him that through the prophet Nathan. But then David began to recover. He came to repentance, and he came. Uh, he was on the throne. But then... There came more problems, of course, but this time the problem was from an unlikely source. The problem was from his own son, Absalom. And Absalom had got it in his mind that he was going to oust his father as king and basically take over by force. Uh, and so this was, uh, David got wind of this and David knew that his life was in danger and David did not want to fight his son. David did not want to do that. So David left the throne. David left Jerusalem and ran outside. And on his way out of running for his life, basically, with the, his servants and the people that were helping him, he encountered a man whose name was Shammai. And Shammai, uh, I don't know, there was something about him that he didn't like David. We don't really know why he didn't like David. But the Bible says that, uh, that Shammai, as David was leaving town, that Shammai began to curse him and began to throw insults at him. And he began to basically uh, just get a little rough with him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he began to throw stones at him. Think of the nerve of that. Here's this man who sees the king, literally the guy who is on the throne as king, and begins to throw stones at him. What kind of nerve this guy has. And so he began to curse him and throw insults at him. And one of the servants of David said, well, should we take care of him, basically? He said, should we just go ahead and, 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 and knock him out? And David said, no, 
No, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm just going to read you this one verse that David said in this process. He said that it may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. Oh, man. What a mindset. And as a matter of fact, the story goes on and it picks up in 2 Samuel 19 that David encounters Shammai again. But this time, David's on the throne again. He's got full power and full control once again. And Shammai comes running and begging at his feet. Please don't take my life. He's begging for his life, literally. And he begins to apologize. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And you know what? David had every right to say, Oh, no, you came at me. You're in trouble now, buddy. But you know what the Bible says that David did? Is that David looked at him and he said, You shall not die. And the Bible says that David gave him his oath. What a powerful story of meekness. Power under control. That David had it in his full capability to take wrath upon him, to take revenge upon him. But instead he chose a different way. He chose the way of meekness. And so I want to look at a few things that we discover about meekness in this story. David was meek and forgiving, and the first thing we're going to see is that meekness does not self-promote. David had every right to when he was leaving town, and Shammai began to pick up those stones and throw it at him and said, Hey, buddy, don't you know who I am? I am the king. But that's not what David did. David just kept on walking. David didn't worry about self-promoting himself He didn't worry about what we're often taught, that you got to toot your own horn or wave your own flag or promote your own goals or you're never going to get anywhere in today's society, especially in today's competitive world. But in the kingdom, it's upside down. The Bible says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's the idea that the kingdom says that if you want to self-promote, that's the fastest way to failure. In the kingdom, if you want to be first, the best way is to be meek. It's not about trying to put our, our, our brand out there, our name, and trying to be someone and make someone great of ourselves. That was what we saw in the life of, of Saul when, when he was king. And as a matter of fact, the Lord spoke to Saul and said, You thought you were so great in your own eyes looked at him. And that's, that's often what self-promotion is. It's this idea of seeing our own selves great in our own eyes. That's, that we look in the mirror and think, man, that's the, that's the best looking person I know. That's the, that's the best person I know. You know, it's that kind of that self-obsession. And there's nothing wrong with a little self-confidence. We all need that, right? It makes us feel good and right. But there's a difference when our self-promotion causes harm to others because what happens is you begin to get an idea of superiority and think that everybody else is below you. But even David as a king, who the people were actually under him, began to humble himself and became somebody who didn't self-promote, but he came at it from the angle of meekness. Meekness does not self-promote. Secondly, you're going to see this, is that meekness is on display at its best when we have the upper hand. Meekness is on display at its best when we have the upper hand. What do we mean by that? In this situation, who was in the right? David was in the right, right? 
David did nothing wrong in this situation. David had the upper hand. He was right. He wasn't the one who caused the offense. He had the, the, he had the upper hand in this situation. I also liked what Warren Wiersbe added to this as he says that meekness does not show itself when we are wrong, but when we are right. David had every ability to re, re, uh, and reason to respond with a strong hand and with force. He had literally the upper hand. He was right, Shammai was wrong. David could have used his upper hand to hurt him, but he chose meekness. You see, this is when we discover meekness in our life, is when we are in a situation where we are right and we have it in our power to use it to hurt somebody else, is what do we do with that power? What decision do we make with that power? Do we use it to hurt someone or do we choose the way of meekness? You see, meekness really, one of the basic things about meekness is this question, how do we handle power? One of the greatest falls in leadership, in not just today, but through the history of mankind, has been power. How do we handle power? You see, power is a toxic temptation. It doesn't matter if you are the CEO of a company or just a, an average a Joe who's working a daily job. We get power in many different types and forms. And the question is, how do we use that power? Do we lord it over people to show our dominance and control or superiority? Or do we show the way of meekness that God has called us a different way? You see, many people might look at the way of Jesus who said, take up your cross and follow me. They might have said, that's weakness. Surely when people saw Jesus walking down the road to Golgotha, that he was carrying the cross on his shoulder, they said, that's weak. That looks weak. That's a form of weakness. But that is the very thing that God has called us to is the form of weakness. That we put away the power that we so, that the world desires to give us and we choose the way of Jesus that is taking up our cross and following Him. You see, the Bible teaches that power, that God's power is made perfect in weakness. That we discover the essence of who God is in weakness. Paul goes on to say it this way, that we have, in, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. I like to call it the way of the Lamb. There's the way, there's a great book I read some time ago called The Way of the Dragon or The Way of the Lamb. And it was basically around the idea of power. How do we handle power? Jesus was one who realized that he even said himself, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. But he went about it a different way. Meekness is the way that God has called us. And we have to learn that even when we are right, oh, that's hard, right? This is easy to talk about, but it's hard to do in real life, right? When you know you are right and you could just rub it right in their face, that is the hardest thing to do. But that's why God doesn't leave it up to our own abilities and our own strengths as we've been talking about because the fruit of the Spirit is all of those things, love, kindness, gentleness, meat, all those things. It's a work of the Spirit. It's not a work of us. Because if you left it up to all of us as humans, we would respond just like the rest of the world. We would use it to hurt people. We would use it to get revenge and retaliate. But God has called us the way of meekness to say, Lord, 
I will refrain. I will restrain. I might have to close my mouth. I might have to put my phone down. I have to choose the way of weakness. You see, we, the world might see it as weakness, but God calls it a blessing. God calls it us being blessed. And I don't know about you, but I would rather be blessed in the eyes of God than weak in the eyes of the world. I'd rather the God to say you are blessed and don't worry about what the world says. You look weak. So what? What the world says. And when it's all over, as we sang this morning, we're going to stand before God. We're not going to stand before the world. And we have to ask the question, are we going to choose God's power that is made perfect in weakness? Meekness does not self-promote. Meekness is on display at its best when we have the upper hand. And number three, meekness is submission to God. I love this story that a lady told the evangelist, Billy Sunday, famous evangelist, and he said to him, she told him that there is nothing wrong with losing my temper. She says, I just blow up and then it's all over with. I just get it done. And the evangelist replied, uh, yeah, but so does a shotgun, but look at the damage that's left behind. It's true, right, that we, we often get that mindset that uh, if I could just, just let me get it out. Just let me, let me just lose my temper one time. But oftentimes what happens is, is the damage that comes behind. Hurt and pain, division, strife, all kinds of things that are left behind. And the normal thing to do when we're human, the normal thing to do is that when we get angry is to fret and to fight. It's, that's the normal thing to do. That's just the human response. It's happened since the very beginning, right? When, when, when in the garden, when you saw the sons of Adam and Eve, they got angry and, and, and they wanted to fight. It's been the history of man that when we get angry, we want to take it out. But the Bible teaches us a different way. Psalm 37 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Refrain from anger. Turn from evil and do good. You see, the thing that's different about the person who is meek is they have learned to turn their attention and their affection on the Lord and not on themselves and on their adversary. They've learned that instead of getting caught up in myself and in my enemy, I'm instead going to turn my affection and my attention to the Lord and focus on Him and Him alone. It's not that God doesn't care about our problem. It's not that God doesn't care about what is before us. Because there are times when many of us, we are done wrong and we didn't deserve it, right? But the meek take the attitude that instead, I am going to let God fight my battles. The meek take the attitude of Psalm 91 that I'm going to hide myself in the shadow of the Almighty. And literally what that means is that I'm going to put myself behind God. I'm going to let Him walk out in front of me and I'm just going to let Him take care of it. It's this attitude that I am just going to wait for God to work it out. It's this, this motive of prayer of saying instead of taking action upon your anger, that you take that anger like many of the psalmists did. You take that emotion, you take that response, you take that temper and you turn it to the Lord in prayer and you pour it out to Him and you tell Him all about it. God, I am so angry. It's okay to do that. God, that person, oh, they just got under my skin. 
And you know what? God will honor that. That's the best place to work it out. I'd rather work it out in prayer than in that person's face, wouldn't you? We would have a lot less problems in our world if we could all grasp that. That if we'll learn to take our anger, we'll take our rage, we'll take all of that, and we'll submit to God. That's what's hard, is that we have to learn to submit. Submission is one of the hardest things. is because we are a people who like to be in control. But in the kingdom of God, meekness is submission to God. It's saying that instead of taking control of this thing the way I want to, instead of going off like a shotgun that causes damage, to take that, that submission, take that thing and submit it to God. And say, all right, Lord, I'm just going to trust it to you. I'm telling you, go through and read the book of Psalms. Those guys, those psalmists had some real anger problems. They had some real jealousy problems. They had some real temper problems. But watch what they did. They took it and they turned it back to the Lord and they said, God, we're going to trust you. Trust in the Lord to take care of it. Meekness is submission to God. Finally, you're going to see this is that meekness does not compare with others. You know, the insults that Shammai was hurling at David, I bet they hurt. Don't you think? They probably hurt David. And not only that, but they hurt David because the guy that Shammai was sticking up for was his own son. The guy that he was throwing rocks on behalf of, really, was David's own son. And you know, David could have gone in this spiral of being envious of Absalom's influence and power. He could have gone on this spiral and saying, man, I'm not the type of leader like Absalom. I might as well give up. I might as well throw in the towel. I'm not a king like Absalom is. But instead, he chose the way of meekness, which is in a way, a way of not looking in self-pity. Instead of being envious, instead of comparing, he chose a different way. And this is a part of meekness is meekness learns that if you're going to be in the kingdom of God, if you're going to serve God, you can't compare and envy others. You can't look and say, well, I'm not like them, I don't measure up, I'm not as good as them, or it's the other way around and say, they're not as good as me, they don't measure up. It, the, uh, comparison and envy is a dangerous game to play because it's always going to end up in a checkmate, no, in, a, in a draw rather. Nobody's going to win. It's always going to be back and forth, back and forth. You see this about comparison is that comparison robs others of their uniqueness by expecting them to conform to your mindset. Comparison takes what God has created in somebody else and says that they need to be like me because that's the only way. But instead, meekness says, no, God has created everybody in their own uniqueness, and I'm going to be gentle and mild in my own way. And instead, I don't want to compete. I want to collaborate. I don't want to be somebody's enemy. I want to be their partner. That's the way of meekness. The meekness is always looking for the high road. Instead of going on a jealousy vent or, or, or a jealousy rage or an envy thing or a comparison game, instead it looks and says, how can I be gentle how can I come alongside that person and get our power under control it's trusting God meekness is really this trusting God what God has given us what he has entrusted to us and not worrying about what he's entrusted to others to have meekness is not comparison with others it's the way of the lamb 
It's the way of following Jesus and saying, God, I'm going to take what I've got in my life. I'm not going to be envious of others. I'm not going to take it and compare to others. I'm going to trust you with it. I want to begin to kind of bring this together a little bit. It's because when we read that beatitude, blessed are the meek, what does Jesus promise? What does Jesus say? There's always, when we're reading the Beatitudes, there's a, there's, a, there's a comfort that comes. There's a little bit of good hope that comes at the end of that Beatitude. He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does that mean, that we shall inherit the earth? As we talked a few weeks ago about God's, the, the high priestly prayer is that God's blessing upon us is literally God's divine favor looking towards us. When he turns his face to us, it's his divine favor looking our way. His grace, his goodness, his mercy. And when you think about an inheritance, an inheritance is something that is passed down after death, right? It's something that's passed down by possession. And you know, before Jesus died on the cross, he boldly proclaimed in John 16, he said this, that I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. And in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In other words, Jesus is telling us that when he overcame the world, that inheritance, that royalty rather, that kind of inheritance as the sons and daughters of the king is what he is passing on to us. And the meek inherit the earth because the meek are the ones who choose the way of life that refuse all things, that push away all the things that really they so rightly deserve, and they push all of those away. But God says because of that, instead, when you are meek, you seek nothing for yourself. But when you seek nothing for yourself, the Bible teaches us that God gives you all things. It's the idea that the first shall be last and the last shall be first the meek inherit the earth because they are submitted to the father and it is the father's good will to write that meek person up in his will and say because they refuse things for themselves because they chose the way of the lamb I'm going to write them up in my will and they shall inherit the earth what a promise to us is that meekness is not weakness. It's power under control. And though it may feel like we're missing out on something when we choose the way of weakness, God says that you're choosing the way that is a blessed life when we choose meekness. When you've got to learn to keep your mouth closed and you just want to do something, God says, you know what? You're going to be blessed because of it. When you want to just go off on somebody and you know you're right and you choose the way of weakness, the Holy Spirit restrains your heart. The Bible says you are blessed because of it. And I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing upon my life. I want God's divine favor to turn towards me. I want to be the person that inherits the earth, that inherits the promise of our King. Musicians are going to come. <clears throat> I want to leave you with this today. We are going to get an inheritance if we are meek. We're going to be poor in spirit. We're going to be more, we're, we're, you might mourn, you're going to be comforted. But the Bible says that blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If there was anybody who could ever teach about meekness, 
it was Jesus himself. There was nobody meeker, nobody milder, and nobody gentler than Jesus himself. Jesus stands up as he's teaching one time and he says this powerful thing. And he says to them, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. He wasn't talking about an egg yoke. He was talking about a yoke that would have been put on an animal to keep them together. And learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, not a scrambled egg, the yoke of God, the taking that walking beside him, and my burden is light. What does that mean? That, that scripture is just one that often baffles me. What does that mean to take my yoke upon you and learn from me? You know, when you think about a yoke, a yoke is something that, as I said, it goes on two animals. It's what we'll put on an oxen to keep them going together. It was what to keep them under control. It was what helped them to stay in balance. And what Jesus was saying when he says, take my yoke upon me, uh, upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, is what he's t- trying to teach them and show them is that the way of the world is one that is like a wild ox that is not under control. They want to go however they want to go. They want to run here. They want to run there. But I want to show you a better way. So instead, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Literally, come right beside me and wear that yoke with me. And I'm going to show you a way that's better. Because I'm meek. Because I'm lowly in heart. And guess what? When you choose the way of meekness, you're not going to be one who frets and worries and is angry and is full of rage. The Bible says and Jesus promised us that when you take my yoke upon you and you learn from me, you're going to find rest for your souls. What a promise. You don't have to worry about the things and the way the world goes about things. But if we'll just come alongside Jesus and learn from him. You see, Jesus had the ability when he was arrested in the garden. He had the ability and he told them. He said, if I needed your help, I could have called a league of angels here right now in this very moment. But Philippians chapter 2 teaches us that Jesus became obedient even unto the point of death. If there was anyone who knew about meekness, it was Jesus. And his meekness bought us our righteousness. Meekness is not the way of the world. It's the way of the Lamb. You see, really, the story of Shammai is the story of us. That when we, in our rebellious sin state, we took up the rocks and we hurled them at Jesus. We tossed our insults, our sin, threw it in his face and threw it at him right in his nose and and put him down with it. And it literally happened as Jesus was carrying that cross to Golgotha. They looked at him, they hurled insults, they plucked his beard, they called him names all the way to the cross. But Jesus' response was the same as King David. Was He said, you shall not die, but you shall live but he said it a different way Father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing you see the way of meekness is the one that if we want to be disciples of Jesus Christ we can choose it too 
The disciples had to learn the way of meekness. When Stephen's life was in danger and he was about to lose his life and he was beginning to be arrested and was his life was on trial, they began to pick up the rocks and throw it at him. And you know what Stephen did? He just shared the gospel. He looked up to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Meekness is the way of the Lamb. And if it wasn't for the meekness of Jesus, you and I wouldn't have any forgiveness today. And I'm so grateful today that I serve a king who's not a wrathful king. He's not a vengeful king. But he's a meek king. He's not, he's not so high and lifted up on a throne that he wasn't willing to come down to this earth and take on human flesh and be born in a manger and ride on a donkey to show us a better way. His meekness bought us our righteousness. And I want to tell you today, if you're here this morning, you're watching online, you don't know the Lord, you've never given your life to him, you're dealing with some things inside, I'm going to encourage you today to submit it to the Lord. You know what submit means, right? It's like when you're filling out something online, you hit that submit button, it's done. You can't go back and edit it, it's done. Today I want to encourage you today take that grief, take that whatever it is inside, all of us have it in a different way. Maybe you're right in this situation. Choose the way of meekness. It's the way of the Lamb. It's the better way. You're going to be blessed because of it. We stand this morning. I'm going to invite you as we pray this morning. If you need prayer today, I want to encourage you to just Take a time at your seat this morning. Bow down on your knees. Lift up your hands. Call upon the Lord in this situation. Meekness is not weakness. It's power under control. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If you need God's forgiveness today, He wants to forgive you today. If you'll call upon Him, the Bible teaches us that He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. It doesn't matter what it is. Just like Shammai, He was throwing rocks in David's face, but He looked upon Him in forgiveness. And God has done the same for each and every one of us. You don't matter what sin you've committed, where you've come from, you're not too far out of God's reach. He is willing and able to forgive you today if you'll call upon His name. And I want to encourage you today, right where you're at, every eye closed, the choir's going to come. You want to pray where you're at today? We're going to take a moment while they're coming and we're going to call upon the Lord together. Father, today, Lord, we read your word and you teach us, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And Lord, today we want meekness in our lives. May you put the Holy Spirit in us today to control us, Lord, to get our lives under control, Father. God, help us to choose the way of the Lamb. Help us, Father, to choose the way that is greater, God. Doesn't matter what the world might say about us, Lord. We're going to choose the way that is blessed. It's an upside-down way. But we're going to choose that way, God. And Lord, today, I want to pray, God, just like... David was so forgiving and how you were so forgiving you were meek Lord your meekness bought us our righteousness Lord today I pray for that person who needs your forgiveness today may they know God that you love them with an everlasting love it doesn't matter where they've been or where they come from God 
you're willing to forgive them. I pray, God, today that they would discover you, that they would encounter your love this morning, that they would find your grace to them, Lord, that even in our rebellion, you still love us. God, I thank you today, and I pray for them today. I pray for that person who needs to make things right for you with you today, that they would find forgiveness and ask of you today. God, I pray they would pour out their heart to you, Lord, the repentance of sins, Lord. God, you would show us a better way, the blessed way. Lord, we thank you today. Let's sing this morning. You need to pray. Pray where you're at today, on your knees, with your hands lifted high. Let's pray as the choir sings this morning.